welcome to the Author Wheel Podcast, where we believe there's no single right way to produce, publish, or promote your work. Only what's right for you. In every episode, we'll talk about common writing roadblocks and how to overcome them so you can keep your stories rolling. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Author Wheel. Um, Today, we have what we've decided to call a duo recording. So it's just going to be the two of us. Um, And we're going to talk about what writers do before they write. In other words, how they prepare for a novel. And uh, this is actually a special episode today because it's part of the launch of our new Author Wheel Quick Guide to Planning a Novel, How to Activate Your Imagination and Develop a Story You Can Write. Um, So first off, Greta, I'm going to ask you, what motivated us (laughs) to write the quick guides? Well, one of the roadblocks that both of us have bumped our little toes on before, um, and also many people we've run into when we teach workshops and all of those kind of things, is overwhelm. There's just so many pieces to the writing puzzle, right? It's just such a, there's not that many businesses where you actually have to be that creative, make the product, then figure out how to package the product, then feel, figure out how to sell the product. And you're selling yourself as an, there's just so many pieces that a lot of people get overwhelmed. So we decided we would write a series of quick guides that kind of take all different pieces of this puzzle and break them down into, you know, how do you, how do you eat an elephant, biteable, eatable chunks. And so one uh, bite at a time. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. One bite at a time. So that's what the inspiration for the quick guides, um, where it came from. Mm -hmm. And so we actually have put together, we have planned a grand total of six of these quick guides so far. Um, That's not to say we won't come out with more because there are plenty of topics to cover. And kind of going back to what Greta was saying, actually, the reality is if you work a corporate job, you have more or less one thing that you have to be really good at, right? So whether that's, you know, if you're a data analyst, you're going to be really good at that data analysis. You're going to know how to use Excel. You're going to be good with numbers, blah, 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 right? If you are a marketing manager or social media marketing, that's your job. You just do social media. But we as authors, indie authors in particular, have to be really pretty well-versed in all of it. So the first three topics that we have uh, hit so far um, The first one that came out early in 2022 was productive writing habits. Um, And so that goes into all the things you need to know to build a writing habit and actually get the words on the page. Um, The second one was understanding your genre, which we feel is critical to creating a a product that you can sell really is what it comes down to. You have to know your genre really inside and out, what's selling, what's not, all the market trends, the things that are working, what reader expectations are, what covers are selling. All of that comes from understanding genre. So that was a really important one that 
is great for before you're even planning a novel, which is the third one. So now planning a novel is coming out very soon. Um, and what this is, we're calling it planning and not plotting because we actually don't go into story structure or how to outline or anything like that. We're talking about the idea generation and the preparation for the story, how to know if that story idea is even good enough, you know, or worth your time and effort to actually write. Yeah, and and that is really important. I mean, one of the most common questions that authors get asked is, where do you get your ideas from? And um, that's one of the, that's kind of the question that we address in the book. And I do think often, especially newer writers, I know this happened for me, um, where I would get an idea, uh, write that story as a short story or a novella or whatever I was writing at the time. And then it's like, huh, now what? You know, you're just blank and what to do next. So it, it, uh, that was one of the goals of this is idea generation and then some other just nitty gritty um, things that we felt were important to think about before you even start plotting and planning. Uh, well, not planning, obviously, but plotting. The next topic that we are going to tackle or one of the next three, three, I can't remember the next one or the one after. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. One of the next three is specifically on story structure. So we are going to go into that in the future, but it's such a huge topic. And we didn't want to miss this kind of uh, idea generation, creativity, sparking that creative um, drive, right? We didn't want to skip this or, or minimize it because we feel like it's just as important in the whole writing process as actually outlining and, and story structure and, and that kind of stuff. So we're doing that as a separate topic later. It is coming um, along with character development. It's a dedicated book that's going to be coming another quick guide. Um, so just keep that in mind as you, as you go through the story, we have so much information, but we had to give it to you one bite at a time. Yes, absolutely. And I also think that there is less, uh, less information out there on this topic than there is like there's a lot of great books on story structure and a lot of great books on different methods of, uh, actually plotting and all of that. But I haven't seen a lot of books on uh, just how to feed your creativity and get your thoughts uh, into, into some kind of alignment into a story that you could actually write. So uh, the chapters, there are six chapters because it is a quick book. Um, and, uh, they are chapter one is feeding your subconscious. Chapter two is brainstorming. Chapter three is the basics of world building. Chapter four is research. Chapter five is, are you writing a standalone or a series? And then chapter six is the story Bible. And then at the end, uh, we if each of the quick guides. We have a resources section because we kind of consider ourselves the overview girls. We're going to give you the basics. Overview women. Of a lot we're, of the, we're the overview women. Yes, right. The overview <laughs> women. Um, the overview overview kick ass heroines. Um, <laughs> anyway, <we> so, yeah. <laughs> but we because 
and that's why we have the resources section so that if there's any of these topics you really want to go in a deep dive in, we give you a lot of uh, books and resources that we've read, classes we've taken, things, people that we think are stellar at that specific topic. Um, so you can go you, and they have written things that are not quick guides. They're deep dives. Mm-hmm. So so we have give you a lot of resources um, with that. Yes. So do you want to talk about any of these particular chapters, Megan, things in this book that are your favorite things? Well, so one of my favorite solutions that, I don't know, I'm going to go ahead and say I came up with. <laughs> I don't know if that's right. Really I never heard true, anybody say it before. But I think I at least came up with the name um, is Productive Daydreaming. So this is something that actually really helped me with my last book. Um, I was, I, 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 so I'm more of a discovery writer or a pantser than a strict outliner. Um, I do use our uh, plot map tool to kind of organize my thoughts, but rather than sort of filling it out in advance, I sort of fill it out as I go. And so as a result, what sometimes happens to me is that I get to a spot in the story where it's not writer's block exactly. It's more like I just am not quite sure where that story is going to go. And I need to kind of let my subconscious brain come up to the surface, right? Conscious brain is, is, shutting myself down because of that internal critic and that that self-editor that that we all have to deal with all the time. Um, but so I need to bring my subconscious to the forefront and make it more conscious, if that makes sense. So what I discovered works really well for me, actually, is to kind of take a nap, um, but not fully take a nap. So what I do is if I'm I'm writing, I always start at my computer and I'll be writing or I'll be working on it. I'll be reading the text. So it's in my conscious brain. The, the, this part of the story that I'm at is in my conscious brain. And then I, if I'm struggling and I just can't get words on the page and it's just, I just don't know what's supposed to happen next. I will go, I'll take my little notebook and my pen and I will go find a quiet corner in my house. Um, typically when my children are not home, they're at school. I was gonna uh, say, <laughs> that had to have been really challenging during COVID. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't really discover this during the beginnings of COVID when they were at home um, doing homeschool stuff or, you know, virtual learning. It was it was after that. So they were back in school at this point. Um, but so they were... They were out of the house. They were at school. So I'd find a quiet corner of the house with my notebook and pen and I'd lie down and I'd close my eyes. And I was also at the time treating myself for dry eye syndrome, which is uh, so you have to like heat your eyes. And so I would have my little eye mask on and everything. It was very, it's very posh. Uh, <laughs> and I'd sit and I'd close my eyes and I'd just let my brain wander and kind of enter that like halfway state between being asleep and being awake. Um, So I would never, or usually anyway, wouldn't fully fall asleep. Uh, But it would just be that like, that like dream state, that, that in between. Um, And I would find that 
after a while and just kind of letting my thoughts, so long as I was focused on the story, right? I had to prime my brain to be focused on the story first. But so long as that was true, my brain would wander. And all of a sudden, these connections would start being made. It was like I was allowing the neurons to jump you know, across, <laughs> across hemispheres of my brain or something. I don't know. I'm not a scientist, uh, but it, it really scientific. Works. It does cut us. <laughs> I'm going to say it's true, um, but it really worked and it really helped me make those connections and, and develop that story and suddenly have a better idea of where the story should go and also a better depth of story. I would understand the characters better when I came out of that state. Um, I would, I would understand motivations. I would understand why one character would do that thing that I needed it to do or, you know, whatever. And, you know, how that would all tie together or the little breadcrumb, you know, foreshadowing things that I had dropped in the beginning of the story, but not really realized all of a sudden they made sense and I could use them later in the story. And it's like, it's amazing how much that subconscious brain can actually work for you if you let it um and so i call yeah. it productive daydreaming and that's what i would do and then I, I, you, i'd write my notes and i'd be back on track and and i do think that's it's one way of turning off that inner editor which you just have to because the the creative part of your brain and the part of your brain that does the business and the editing is two different parts of your brain and Absolutely. the editor brain is a tends to be a control freak and wants to especially but for it's, me <laughs> but it uh, really well, me too. but it's terrible at coming up with creative ideas and stories so you know being able to shut it down so yeah. I, I thought that was a, a brilliant solution mm-hmm. um you know a, a friend of ours Deanna Cameron who um we're going to have on the podcast one of these days she told me years ago she said what she often does is if she was stuck on a story thing right before she would fall asleep at night she would kind of like ask herself ask her brain ask the boys in the basement you know her muse whatever uh, what is the solution to this problem go to sleep and she said half the time she'd wake up in the morning with the answer to her problem so I think that's a little bit um it's it's a little more narrowed down version of your productive productive daydreaming idea yeah, and I think that's kind of where I got the idea to some extent because I've had that happen before as well. But of course, if you're in the middle of the day and you only have so much time to write and, you know, you have, you know, in in my case the girls are at school, at most I have, you know, 5 or 6 hours which includes my lunch and all the other things I have to do as well. But you have that limited amount of time. I didn't want to necessarily have to wait until I went to bed. Yes. To overcome that block. So I did the nap and or the productive daydreaming in the middle of the day and didn't completely fall asleep. So, you know, 15, maybe 20 minutes, I could have that solution that would otherwise be coming theoretically or potentially becoming overnight. Um, and I do still do that, too. At, at night, you know, I'll be thinking about my book and the next morning I'll wake up and, and sometimes have the have the answer. Um, but the interesting thing, too, is that so while I sort of developed this technique during the writing phase, while I was actually, you know, working on my first draft of um, Aether Bound, I realized this is actually a great way to plan 
my story as well. And it's a great way to help create these, what we like to call idea seedlings, right? It's, or pick at them and grow them into actual strong, worthy ideas is if you can use this productive daydreaming just to think about things before you start writing, maybe you won't have as many. I mean, you're still going to have some because we all do, but you won't have as many blocks or pauses during the writing. Right. And and it's kind of like uh, in the brainstorming chapter where we talk about mind maps and those kinds of things. That's also super helpful um, especially for me when I'm writing, like kind of because I write murder mystery and thriller suspense and readers of that, they want a kind of twisty plot and they want something that they don't know what's going to happen. And, um, you know, coming up with something that will trick these incredibly intelligent readers who are looking for a puzzle is really, really a challenge. And so uh, if I if I just think totally linearly, then I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna come up with that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that broad thinking that allowing your subconscious to go, that um, productive daydreaming, mind mapping, and all that, where you're not just thinking point A to point B, but you're allowing your brain. I loved it. There was something you you said in the book about a cloud of ideas. You know, like a creativity cloud where there's all these things you can kind of pull on is more the focus of the book than some kind of now get all these ideas contained and and linear. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. So your turn. Yes. So mine is sort of the opposite end of the spectrum because it's the story Bible section. Um, When I first, my first series, I started writing the seven deadly sins. It will be retitled seven deadly sins murders. Um, my editor, my first editor was making a story Bible. So it was like, I was just such a brat. I was so, uh, yay, I have an editor. She's making my story Bible. Uh, I didn't even think about the importance of it or anything. So partway through that series, um, we switched editors uh, to, and the new editor um, you know, she just didn't spoil me so rotten. And I didn't do it. I, just, I was like, that's not my job. So anyway, long story Oh, the short. joys of being traditionally published. <laughs> I know, really. Um, so uh, I only eat the green jelly beans, whatever, you know. Uh, so um, then it, it, it was like, really problematic because I couldn't remember, like, I couldn't remember what color a character's eyes were from one book to the next. And I had made a big deal about this one character's eyes being green with flecks of gold. And in the next book, halfway for half of the book, I had her have blue eyes. And somebody thankfully caught that. And one of the editors caught that and said, didn't she have green eyes in the last book? I'm like, oh, good Lord. And that was what made me realize, you know, you, you've got to do this. And then the other thing that I am really bad about is time, a time frame. And I have done everything from have characters be in two places at the same time, physically impossible, to having six weeks in one month, uh, to having like DNA, you know, testing uh, in, in, in law enforcement come back in like under 24 hours. No, this is 
It would take, normally it would take months. Now for fiction, you might be able to speed it up a little, but no, not 24 hours. Uh, so like crazy things. So the, and oh, missing holidays where you have characters going through December into January and you never mention Christmas. And then you have to go back and put in a whole thing about Christmas. So the, the, uh, I have learned the hard way to do a story Bible. And so that was important to me to put into the book because I think setting that up before you even start to plot is hugely important because some plots are just not going to work, say, in a specific time frame, Or um, if you're writing book three, book four in a series, you need to look back at your story Bible and, and, and which characters are you going to pull from of side characters from prior books? Um, you know, I've, I had this great gossip in the first Mortician series book. And in the third book, I needed a gossip. I almost created a new person. I was like, wait, I think I have a gossip because I had a story Bible. I could go back and go, oh yeah, I do. And her name is this and she's perfect. And here's what she looks like. And here's where my character can go find her. Mm -hmm. And so it's, I, I think it really helps you. It's sort of a part of world building, I believe, yeah. um, because it, it helps you kind of keep track of your world. I think, it, I think it gets started there or can, I mean, I certainly, I know for myself, I am very bad about keeping my story Bibles up to date and fully accurate and all of that stuff. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I do. I use Scrivener when I write. So I have my little research folder and my character folder and my settings. Um, and so I, I try to like move stuff over there, but I forget a lot. <laughs> and so I always end up having to do it after the fact. But um, but it does really help to have that information at your fingertips. Um, and so if you can get in the habit of constantly going back and updating it as you're writing or as you're developing the world, as you're setting up your novel, as you're, you know, coming up with characters and, and, um, your idea seedlings. If you start there and start the Bible right away with all your research, it's so much easier. I just have to actually, well, you know, practice what I and, preach. <laughs> and it's so much easier to just drop things into it. If it's made, yeah. if you have to stop in the middle of like your creative writing, brainstorming genius to do some like dull, boring Bible thing, mm -hmm. you're not going to do it. But if it's all set up and it's pretty easy, another thing that I do is like as I'm writing, if I'm really in that productive phase, uh, phase and I don't want to stop, I just put big X's next to something that I know has to go in the story Bible or a character's name that I'm not sure of and I don't feel like stopping to look it up. And then when I do, I've been kind of playing around with how I do revisions, but when I do like revisions, then I find all those X's. And at that time, then I have some time where I'm now I'm doing the story Bible mm -hmm. and, and I'm kind of focused on that and fixing things and adding things and all yeah. of that. So that's a, that's just a little tip. If you're in, you know, a creative frenzy and you don't want to stop, you just put a couple X's and do it later. How I often do my writing when I'm like, I need a career for this person. It's XX career. <laughs> XX. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
Right. Or All a name. Right. I, get, yeah. I do it with names a lot. So Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, um, I think that's going to be about it for t- today. We did want to say, too, that um, going off on, on the world building aspect of it, which is a big part of the book, um, which is still a it's a big part of the book, but yet we just brush the surface of it. We are very excited, however, to be talking with Matt Presley, um, who wrote the book literally on world building. It's a world building for fantasy fans and authors. But where we tried to make our world building section broad enough and overview enough for all genres to use, Matt goes into deep dive details specifically for fantasy authors. Um, But it's still applicable for a lot of different genres and a lot of different kinds of books that you might be writing. So he will be coming on the show with us soon. So stay tuned for that. And otherwise, uh, until next time, keep your stories rolling. Are you an aspiring author? Stop by www.authorwheel.com stuff to download the top five writing roadblocks aspiring authors must overcome. Thank you for listening to the Author Wheel Podcast. Hosted by Greta Boris and Megan Haskell. Edited by Jim Wilbur.